take it down a notch and level up. Coming up on the Fraudcast. You and I tuned into the Fraudcast. The Deep Dish 90 Day Podcast. Put up the diamonds so you don't have to. Addressing the mess behind the eyes. You and I tuned into the. You and I tuned into the. It's like uh, mentioning to your girlfriend that you got her a teddy and that also is the name of your dog. Oh, <laughs> that happened. Because that happened out of the Big mouth Ed's of dog Ed. is named Teddy, isn't he? Isn't yeah. It? Oh, God. And, he gave- and, and that was the thing on his mind when he was giving Rose her teddy was, hey, this is also my dog's name. <laughs> like, grinning name. like... <laughs> Well, gee, doesn't that tell you everything about Big Ed that you that you assumed? Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I can't stand Big Ed, but but Rose is just she's getting a little over the top on this B90 Strikes Back stuff. Like she's I have she's a feeling they're telling hard. her to, though. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, between her and Avery, oh, it God. gets a little cringe fest. Yeah, Oh, it gets a lot cringe fest with with Avery. Oh. Um, well, partly because she's just drunk the whole time. <laughs> this is true. That's probably how she can rewatch the episode, though, and I can't blame her on that. If I had to watch my own segments, I'd do you think she's would. a functioning alcoholic? Is that what she is? No, or is or is Mm-mm. it just for the show? Uh, I don't I don't sense that about her. And she's a pothead she, I too. I think she's but... just letting herself getting silly. Yeah, and no, most people think she's high. I I think she's just trying to uh, get that last. I think she's just trying to get that last laugh out of it. You know, and, and a lot of people riled behind her during the while the season was on. So I think she, you know, feels like she has the support of all the. Yeah, but didn't she fans. see social media after the 4th of July? Everyone hates her guts. Yeah, now. she kind of killed it after 4th of July. But I think there's some there's still some some hardcore Avery. Um, and there's a lot of people fans. who don't know that what she said and did. So they're still. Exactly. That's probably oh. what it is, is that she's that she realizes that she has a lot of people who don't pay attention to Instagram. Right. I mean. We live, we live in Instagram, right? We live in there a lot. So like that is our world a lot of the times, but there's a huge volume of people who watch the show and like listen to our show right. that aren't on social media. Well, they only Instagram. exist in, in Facebook or Twitter or they just watch the show. So. Well, that makes me wonder though, because like her persona on both the, the season that she appeared in and on B90 is so different than her Instagram persona. Like it's like they're two different people. And it, and it like people and yeah. it and it just it just me- it, <laughs> it kind of messes with me. I'm like, who who are you? How right. do you make all these projections congruent, or are they are you intentionally like being something on the show, something on Instagram, and then whatever the hell else you are? Well, you have to remember that editing gets a, a chance at both of the shows. I mean, her personality still comes through on the strikes back, but I I honestly feel like their directive was you know, be feisty towards the memes and stuff that are against you. And on the show, she had to play the part of um, unsure if she wants to bring Ash from Australia, which it's not like he couldn't get there himself. And I, I, hear, I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. What I notice is that she says things literally on the show that to me contradicting she says online, like the two, like they just don't compute. They can't, you can't integrate the two of them. And it's, and well, it, then that it, could probably it, be a theme kinda, for this past season of Before the 90 Days, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Everyone's different on the internet. 
It just, it just, it, it's, it, I find it puzzling. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of things puzzle you, agency. Hi, y'all. Welcome. What are you trying to say, Katrina? What are you welcome trying to, to say? The, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, everyone. We're really happy that you can join us today. For those of you guys that are tuning in for the first time, we are a spoiler and analysis show, analysis show focused on the 90 Day Fiance multiverse. That means that we spill the tea on all the fraud and we debate opinions about what's really going on. We look at all sides and no stone is left unturned. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe so you don't miss a download. These reviews and subscriptions really help grow the show, bring us to a new audience. And now I'd like to bring in our beloved co-host, Hanakawa and I Guess Agency. Hi, I Guess Agency. How are you today? Whatever. You guys love me. <laughs> Maybe not you, Katrina, but like <laughs> the people. Do you the feel people. the warmth? The I don't people, know. Some yeah. of our reviews coming in about you. It's okay. They keep me warm at night. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking there? The tears the tears of your enemies? <laughs> no, I, I I don't I on the on the air, usually I just drink soda or beer, but off the show, I drink the blood of my enemies. Oh, okay, oh, sorry. It's like that. Okay. You're hardcore like that. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sweetened with their tears, um, but not not always. Gotcha. You could tell that he was born and raised in Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> we did pull him from the Reddit crowd. Like we, we, we plucked did. Him. We we, pl- we plucked him from the fresh nursery of Reddit, <laughs> and now he's running off to off its you teat. Know, off its teat. <laughs> Or the ovaries of 4chan and uh, what's the uh, out of the one? ovaries of 4chan onto the teats onto the teats of Reddit and now here we are and most people are like 4chan don't go to 4chan folks the, inf- the infamous hacker known as 4chan <laughs> oh. that's a, that's a joke for the for the five of you who who understand it and if there's more than five of you then you have my deepest respect <laughs> and slight horror. Yeah, well, let's let's just take, let's just get right into it. We have a lot of tea for you guys this week, so let's just get straight to inside the episode. So the big news is Devin and Jihoon split. So um, yeah, so the details about this is that over the weekend we learned through a source close to Devin that Devin and Jihoon have ended their relationship and are going to divorce. No, no, there's nothing legal yet at this point, but the decision is, I guess, you know, it's pretty recently made. So um, it was made after she returned to the United States from South Korea back in May. Uh, I did do a write up. I did an article on this for a publication called The Dip, uh, which is linked in the show notes and as well as in my Instagram. So I suggest you go and read that. There's a lot of good information there. Um, what, there aren't specifics about what drove Devin over the edge, at least any that are ready to be reported publicly, but we are working to find out more. What we can report to you is that she has been back in the United States for a while since about May-ish. This is confirmed through her social media postings and those of her mother as well. Uh, they'd been arguing a lot and the decision to divorce occurred after she came back um, there is a triggering factor or event that caused Devin to leave South Korea, as she has hinted at it uh, numerous times, but we're not able to report those details at this time. But it does seem clear that she's the initiator of this situation, of the split. 
Uh, we do understand that there's a lot that happened off camera that has led to this. And we know that they have not yet filmed the tell-all. So much of this may be coming out on the tell-all. So that will be interesting. Well, I am definitely going to be tuning in to see what comes out there. Well, you have to wonder um, a little bit since we're entering the mid-season break, and I think it was reported in People magazine that the show is going to come back in October. Um, you know, are they going to restructure the story now that this is out? Um, Interesting. It's a good thought. Well, it definitely gives them a chance because they call it a mid-season finale. So yeah, now that they know and it's out, they they can really shape that any way they want. Yeah, because we we know that that that, that there's a precedent for it because they did it with uh, with David and Lana when uh, the t- when the one sec- segment of the tell all leaked. Um, mm-hmm. So it's possible that with this leak coming out about Devin and Jihoon, they may restructure their or at least revise their original broadcasting plan with Devin and Jihoon um, to fit what people now already know. I think a lot of people, the re- reaction to this has been that they're not surprised at, at all, um, depending on you know wh- what details come out and when. It'll be interesting to see how things go down for the couple on social media and whatnot. So um, hasn't, hasn't been kind. It has so, not been kind. Yeah. So let's, so, you know, kind of building off this, um, Jihoon has kind of put out a bit of it. He hasn't put out like a written statement or anything. He hasn't talked to anybody, but he did go live. Um, I know I, I watched his live over the weekend to see what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't say very much, but he did confirm the the core details that they've split up, that they are going to uh, to divorce. And that was really a, really about it. He didn't really want to go. You know, he tried to reassure his fans and followers that he's OK. You know, you know, new new phase of his life is about to begin. Um, he did add a little bit of, I guess, detail to what's going to happen with their son, Taeyong. They he indicated that they're looking at maybe some sort of summer visitation plan. But, you know, I mean, we don't really know where the where the state of that is or how it would be um, put into a custody arrangement or anything like that. That stuff's very can get very complicated with their situation. Um, One thing that was interesting to me is that, you know, he wished her well. And he told his followers to pray for for her and her family, which, in my opinion, was like a masterclass of PR and cri- either a, it was either a masterclass in PR and crisis management, or it actually shows that Jihoon's a, a pretty a pretty decent guy. Because I can't think of a better way to have handled a situation like that, you know, where we see so many people just kind of like get bitter and snarky and mean. He rose above all of that, so. Um, if that is in, in congruence with the kind of person he is, that that's great. Speaks really well of him. I did reach out to him for comment. Um, I also reached out to TLC for comment. Uh, did not receive anything back from either of them. Um, so, you know, we'll see, like I said, you know, what comes out on the tell-all and everything, which is going to be interesting because of this next piece of information. Following the publication of this article, I put out a video on YouTube that added some additional detail to the story that uh, couldn't ha- couldn't go into the, um, the original article. And the big thing about that was that it was revealed, or I revealed, um, information that we had uncovered about this new man that Devin is seeing. She actually has 
started dating a new individual, a who appears to be an American-born Korean named uh, Christopher Hyun Park, who goes by the name Topher Park, which of course he does, um, who's an accountant, musician, and former actor who's from and lives in Los Angeles. Um, I guess he was an actor in college. He hasn't done any acting recently. If you want to learn about his his um, stellar uh, acting background, I suggest you go you go watch the video. Um, so from what from what we understand, uh, they've been to meet each other a few times. I guess he's been to Salt Lake and she's been out to L.A. I think we actually have confirmed that she was in L.A. just based on some analysis of pictures on on social media. Um, so, you know, that, that seems to be proceeding. He hasn't met the kids yet. Um, we've been told, um, so maybe he will at some point. The, 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 I guess the, the, the part that, that activates the most incredulity on my part is, uh, he claims to not be interested at all in 90 day fiance and the broader reality TV world. Um, which of course makes me think, why the hell are you dating Devin? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, they met through what, like friend circles or something online. So, yeah, or, it's not 100 clear. It's not clear how they met, but um, it looks, you know, through through mutual friends online, same circles or something like that. Um, and um, for those who are wondering, yes, he is Korean. Um, the source was pretty clear that um, you know they said that he's a stand-up guy, and um, you know, works hard, you know, which is something that, you know, Devin was always concerned about with Jihoon. We know that production is trying to get him on board with filming. So, uh, jury's still out on whether he's going to do that. But again, you know, the tell all might be, that's always when they bring on the new boyfriend is during the tell all to do the yeah. whole, like, let's have you guys in bed kissing each other on the tell all. Cause we let's saw have that you with- talk to Jihoon in Korean. <laughs> oh god i will say that as as good of an idea as it sounds to maybe get involved with tlc it's much better to do an interview with the fraudcast so i think before we won't he make signs you sign any, a contract or an nda <laughs> no we won't we we are we are way better than than tlc so i think before he <laughs> we don't edit you about, we don't edit you at all that's so right if you want to do right. an interview with us we we won't edit you just let you come on and talk. We're going to touch on one more topic that has come out with all this. Um, and that is Devin's baby daddy being revealed. So connected to this story, but not really involving us is the identity of Drusilla's biological dad. Uh, it was revealed towards the end of last week by uh, some Facebook groups. Uh, Devin did take to Instagram to express her unhappiness and uh, and she posted documents in an effort to demonstrate why she doesn't want his identity out there. Uh, it is worth noting that Devin has posted videos on her YouTube channel about her relationship with Drusilla's biological dad. Uh, so far, he hasn't made any public statements. And since this really isn't relevant to the season of The Other Way, we're not going to be looking any further into this. Thank you for that. So a uh, very uh, Devin and Jihoon heavy tea segment this week. Um, let's go to Katrina's court. All right. I'm going straight to the wheelhouse on this one. You guys, uh, there was so much that was happening on all these shows this week that there was, 
it's kind of hard to like find, you know, what was like actually bringing up that anger in me. And the, really the only thing that, that did it for me that caused me to text agency and Hannah Kahlo and be like, what the actual fuck was Big Ed on Strikes Back. And I hate going to Big Ed. I hate because I hate talking about that dude. But this is what really pissed me off, and that's sort of my barometer. If I'm reaching out to it, to Hannah Cowan Agency, going what, what, what? That's usually what it is. That's going to go into Katrina's court. So they are talking about going to at Palawan, right? And talking about oh, it's going to be paradise with these, you know, beaches and blue waters. And Ed says it would have been paradise. And I quote: "It would have been paradise, except for that odor that was coming out of her mouth." completely and totally uncalled for this whole like here your breath stinks i noticed it at the airport here's mouthwash here's a toothbrush here's here's toothpaste as if she doesn't know proper oral hygiene um and then she later says it's you know she has an ulcer or something like that it's it's i'm over it right like this this whole thing about her her breath is is just like ed you have no room to be doing this so to, to say that it was just ugh, whatever and then second of all this joke quote-unquote joke about the, the the her breath or whatever it's old it's over like I, you're trying to like bring it on and on and on again and make it funny and it's it's not it's it's left the building any humor that may have been attached to it which i don't think there was is gone long gone so just stop. Just stop already with it. I, I'm over it. I'm over you. Please get off. Please don't come back to Pillow Talk. Just, just go away. Go crawl under a rock somewhere. Um, I sentence you to a lifetime of dreams of your teeth falling out, except that they aren't dreams, and you wake up every day missing one more tooth until you don't have any more at all, and a lifetime case of incurable halitosis. But like I've told you before, it's time to level up. You feel like you've leveled up and you've grown up so much? Cool. Now it's time to level up again. Okay. Like. I'm not playing Super Mario game. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move to our social media roundup. Uh, social media was kind of dry today, this week, this month. Uh, so the most exciting things we have on the list is Yolanda trolling Instagram. I don't know if anyone still follows Yolanda, but she has been posting pictures of, I guess we'd call him a heartthrob from, uh, I think it was a contestant of The Bachelorette a couple of years ago. His name is I mean, Jason. If that's, your, if that's your taste, you can call him a heartthrob. It's throb. definitely her taste. Like she <laughs> is constantly posting with the little heart emojis. Like I honestly think that's her like Batman beacon call. It just puts a <laughs> crap ton of emojis in hopes that some hunk comes falling out of the sky. Um, but this yeah, is, she posts. I think she posts them to her, her Instagram as her spank bank. She needs to keep her spank bank private. <laughs> <laughs> because now everyone's just kind of like, oh, is she dating Jason? What's the name? Jason Sater, something like that. And Josh. Josh, I keep calling him Jason. He looks like a Jason. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's not dating him. I think that he's just in her um, her, bank her, bank. her her sights right now. And that's what she's whatever. He's um, young, he's muscular, and he's got tattoos. So and, and he's that, an easy Google find on on internet. 
in that in that way, he's similar to Williams, right? Do you think she really found him on Instagram, or do you think she actually searched "topless muscle hunk leaning against tree" and then <laughs> got this? The, <laughs> she probably watches the Bachelorette. Probably, and probably, yeah. I mean, maybe she's gonna be on the next season of the Bachelorette. Who knows? We'll see, right? See, that would make it worth watching. I would watch that. That I would, would watch be kind it of interesting. We need okay. We need to TLC. The broadcast are your creative consultants. You need to. You <laughs> oh need to God, sign this again. <laughs> you need to sign an agreement with Disney so that you can do a ninety-day fiance bachelorette crossover concept. But I think this, it'd be great for all the people who lost. Right? We have yeah. we have Yolanda. We have yeah. Jhoon. We have a whole bunch of them who are single now. We have Ash and Avery. Darcy eventually. We know how Dar- Darcy <laughs> will be doing her rolling appearances on it. Right. <laughs> and, and we could definitely Molly. A, a lot of them actually. Anfisa. People are going to yeah. be clamoring to get at. Oh, Anfisa. I would definitely watch it for Anfisa. Like oh, that for would real. Be, and it would be real. more interesting if George was one of the contestants coming back. <laughs> right, but our, but this great concept. We'll, we'll, actually, we'll add that to the list bad. of ideas. It's right? not bad. I, I've, I've, I've long wanted a dating show with the quote unquote losers, all the people who are now single from 90 Day. I would love to have some kind of intermingled dating show. Of well, some there kind. are whispers and, you know, I, I never I get a lot of, you know, the messages of have you heard there's going to be a dating game? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So we keep we'll hearing s- about it. Is, is we keep hearing whispers about it, but we'll see if it actually becomes something. It's got to be a bachelor bachelorette concept with with a sprinkled in with some former cast members. And then, you know, whoever else, super fans, people who've been, you know, trying to slide into cast member DMs Ooh, like yes. people who need a green card maybe people, people who are people, people <laughs> like Clarissa, Clarissa who, uh, who really need status who, who might be on the chopping block yeah that's a great idea we'll have to add that to our uh, I mean, broadcast list of possible uh, sharp you need to pay attention to us listen listen Matt Sharp Productions you just have to hire us we have the best ideas <laughs> no but see if they hire us they put us under an NDA and poof two birds with broadcast. one stone two birds goes, with one but stone but there goes the broadcast we can't do our broadcast anymore because we would be no, counter look, nobody to nobody else cares contracts. about the NDA that they're with 90 day why would we <laughs> depends on how big the paycheck is right it's like what what is the price to get us off the air Whatever they're paying, whatever they are paying, um, who's the most quiet cast members lately? Well, Dar- the Silvas, they're like, they're, they're super quiet. Yeah, they're they, super quiet. Like you never yeah. get much leaks never that they don't leaks. intend to come out from right. them. Right. They don't, they don't leak anything mm-hmm. unintentionally. Right. Anyways. I'm um, just saying they could, they could make <laughs> bank on great show ideas and not have as much tea getting spilled out. <laughs> get us off the air. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to number two, which was about Sinjin's feet. So, <laughs> oh my god, Th- this made our social media roundup cracks me up. Just scrolling through Instagram today, you- yesterday, all I saw were pictures of Sinjin's feet as he was on the bed and how dirty they were, and for some reason that triggered the whole internet so <laughs> yes. um and in my inbox too look at his feet and i'm like yeah that's terrible i'm thinking like the whole scene was just funny because tanya like protects her plate of food to run to the bed and she's eating in the bed right and then he comes in with dirty feet and jumps on the bed so just the whole mess in that one picture um 
And speaking of a dirty bed, uh, my last item on the list is Veronica and Tim are starting an OnlyFans. Now, they said that there's not going to be any uh, adult content. I think it's going to be more of like a podcast type vlog format that they're going to be using the OnlyFans only <laughs> only <laughs> platform uh, to uh, can d- distribute. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, they did say it would probably be in a couple weeks, so I guess we will wait for that announcement. And when uh, that, did OnlyFans become the new YouTube? I'm really investigating that. It, it turned into like paid for Instagram because yeah. everyone's on there like, watch me do a mukbang. It's like, could that's what YouTube with that crap, was, right? <laughs> Unless you're gonna be naked eating, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a porn site, right? So like, well, just a, a more adult content, ta- right? So all these people are taking to OnlyFans to get, I, and I understand the the wanting to get paid for your content. Like we've been putting out this podcast for almost a year, and we don't get paid for it. So I understand wanting to monetize your content. I absolutely get that. And so they're taking to this format to do so. So, like, we're going to spill details on our past relationship. So you have to go to OnlyFans to hear that. It's not them being naked with each other or anything like that. It's just fascinating to me, and it kind of annoys me. I mean, I, I kind of respect the hustle. Again, getting paid for your content is really difficult to do. You know, we're, we're just now trying, you know, we're just now getting some possible advertiser interest. So I get it. I get the desire to want that. But so I get the hustle of it. But at the same time, like, that's not the platform. (laughs) Right. I I say, like, a lot of them are actually doing well on this OnlyFans thing. So people are paying. Right. And they're probably paying monthly, which means they like what they're getting. And it's always that is it's worth what you'll pay for it. Right. So I mm-hmm. guess we'll see how well they do. I mean, if you want to pay for if you want to pay to see someone eating chicken. For three dollars or fifteen dollars a month, then I, I guess that's what you're you're putting the value on it for. The only thing I do get a little upset about is uh, when they start using the pay per view content and they price it outrageously. And it happens to be nothing. You know, that's when I st- that's when I start getting upset when it's like, oh, look, it's a risky picture of me. And then you open it and like they're still censoring on it. It's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you're getting into like I that. I paid $50 for that. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I actually paid for it. OK, but, you know, <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least some of them are getting the idea of what OnlyFans is. But a lot of them, I feel like they're just using it to to attract the traffic that they're getting from Instagram because they're not making much money off that. Um, well, right. I also don't think OnlyFans really gives a crap if it's not all adult content. Oh, no. oh God, no. They just, want, they just want to take their, their cut, cut of the money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They get 20 percent. And so if you are a. a person who has a a large following which is kind of a only way you can really get a lot of people onto your OnlyFans is already having a following and you You know they're always well I mean I get older or Jesse I guess but I don't think Jesse is one (laughs) you gotta have people who have an interest in seeing what seeing more of you seeing more more of you you, more than what you're putting out on on free right Yeah. And, and so it's a, it's a it's another platform, too, where you'll see um, you'll see personal trainers do workouts. Right. So you can do a pay-per-view, pay-per-workout type thing. So it, it does have a flexible model. But if you do go to OnlyFans, 90 percent of it is going to be adult adult yep. 
sexual I mean, it's, content. It's not, and it's not unprecedented either. Patreon allows for adult content and Patreon, you know, kind of beat them to the to the game in terms of letting creators have a, a, re, a, a more stable revenue model for their content. Mm-hmm. I think what what Tim and Veronica said that attracted them to OnlyFans is that it's supposed to have a much higher degree of, of privacy protection yes. versus Instagram mm-hmm. or YouTube yes, or even or even Patreon. And I think because they're looking to get into a little more, even if it's not adult, it's still a little more not for children. And I, I personally think that they're trying to, um, you know, maintain kind of a PG-13 or at least a light R rating for TLC. And they want to go a bit beyond that in this content. So if it's behind the legal protections that OnlyFans claims to offer, they feel like they can insulate themselves and still get back on Pillow Talk. Yeah, well, I think that, like, I mean, there's there's legal protections in the sense that uh, when you click into somebody's OnlyFans or whatever, you're agreeing to the legal, you know, be bound by their their legalese, which is you can't share that. One of the things is you can't share that content outside. Now, does that mean that people are always abiding by that? No, because I have seen OnlyFans content released otherwise right like it has it just come out. means I've that it's an it. it's enforceable yes so exactly. if something happens to get leaked and the content creator wants to go after that then they, they can the enforce that dmca yeah. that's kind of what it is yeah. for yeah. that and don't forget only fans got hacked a while back there was a huge dump of only fans content because someone got into their servers so nothing's foolproof you guys nothing is foolproof and i can imagine like you, you mentioned patreon and, and allowing adult content I think the one difference is that Patreon allows you to post links to that content. OnlyFans allows you to embed it within the platform. Uh, they, ho- they host it. They host it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes so sense. So they always snatches you out to YouTube or Vimeo or something like that if you want to post a video. Um, so the uh, allure to a content creator could be, I can record it, post it here, it's here. I don't have to worry about it being on so many different uh, areas. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Sense. And so that was our social media roundup. Yeah. And now you guys are one step closer to getting your MBA in online marketing. (laughs) How to sell yourself (laughs) in 30 minutes. Well, you know, considering that you do you how much time you spend Hanakawa analyzing people's OnlyFans, the 90 Day Fiance World's OnlyFans. And for those of you guys who don't know, she does reaction videos to them on her YouTube and they are amazing. Now she can't show you the pictures because of these legalities we were just talking about, but her reactions and commentary on them are hilarious. And um, if you're considering joining any of these fans, any of these sites, she gives you the, you know, what's worth it or not worth it type of thing. And what this is what you're going to get if you join. So you can decide if it's worth it for you or not. Anyway, so um, if anybody knows OnlyFans, <laughs> it's Anakawa. It's, right. Yeah, I, and, I love and, being the uh, subject matter expert in <laughs> OnlyFans. I'll so, go ahead and put that badge right yeah, here. So, so Tim and Veronica, you really should contact Hanakawa to help you with OnlyFans management. Sure, As your strategy are, analyst. Her fees are very reasonable. <laughs> You're going to be very well served. We just launched a new business for you, Hanakawa. You're welcome. OnlyFans strategy analyst. Yes. (laughs) All right. And now let's ask the visa officer. So one thing I want to talk about this week, it's not it's not from the show per se, 
But I did see an article uh, come across my feed that Lewis from of Molly and Lewis from way back in ancient times is slated to be deported. So I wanted to kind of flag this and offer uh, a few initial thoughts. I'm going to do a much deeper dive of, into this in, t- in the near future. Um, but since it just hit, I think either late last week or over the weekend, uh, I'll give you some uh, some initial thoughts. So it sounds like because I think the the story that people had been believing about him is that once him and Molly's relationship ended, he went and found someone who lived here and they got married and he was going to obtain status that way because they never completed the adjustment under the K-1. But it looks like whoever he ended up shacking up with was unable to sponsor him for adjustment of status. And that's I I don't know the exact details because they didn't reveal the person's name whether that person is um, here uh, in undocumented status themselves, so not eligible to uh, give him the adjustment that he needs, or is here on some sort of non-immigrant status. It could be a student, could be a lifeguard like Olga was, and though they're not eligible. So it, just, just because this person, she couldn't pet- petition for him doesn't necessarily mean she's here illegally could be here on a, on a non-immigrant status and just and, and thus ineligible to provide that kind of a benefit. So just want to give you the, the full context uh, on that. So um, but yeah, I think I you know, a lot of the reactions I saw online were, you know, the system finally works for once. Um, I guess he's not an especially popular uh, cast member. And given and, and one of another thing I want to kind of highlight for you guys especially with regard because I, I I know I complain constantly about Larissa being overdramatic there Molly and Lewis's they were on season five of 90 days so that was what 2017 maybe was that when their show aired no is it or was it earlier than that I no, thought season four that. was 2016 it wasn't 2018 because season six was 2018 so it would have been 2017. And now we're in 2020, which means that in order to complete the process to get him deported and to get him a final order of deportation and a date that they're going to collect and remove him um, took about three years. And that's typical. So for Larissa, who was with Colt, you know, whose whose process is not yet complete because um, we know it's not complete because she went in for a biometric screening and she's trying to, you know, we think she's trying to. uh claim uh, a status that will allow her to stay. She's a she's a long way from being deported. Um, a routine deportation can take years to to execute. So this idea that she could be scooped up the street anytime and, and sent out not happening, even when they do when ICE does raids, they take it takes so long to put those together. It, it, it this is not a fast process. So anyway, that's out there. For those of you who don't like Lewis, um, you're welcome. For those of you who liked him, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> And stay tuned because I'll do a much deeper dive on this in in the future uh, on the agency show. So I'd like to move in now to some questions that you guys sent in. Um, I got some good questions this week. We're going to we're going to talk about something a little bit different than visas. We're going to talk about citizenship a little bit because I got some good questions relating to that. So let's go to our first question. Hi, this is Leisha227. Just want to say hi to Agency and the Fraudcasters. Great work for all you guys do. I have a quick question. I'm not sure if it's visa related, but it is in relation to Tae Young, the son of Mango Sticky Rice. Since he was born in the United States, is he eligible or able to have dual citizenship of Korea, or is he strictly an American citizen because he was born in the United States? Thank you. 
So this is a really good question. Um, I'm very happy that uh, that that we were asked about this. So um, because Taeyong was born in the U.S. and the U.S. has a has something called Jusali citizenship, meaning birthright citizenship uh, from virtue of being on the soil, um, Taeyong is an is an American citizen. Now he'd be an American citizen even if he was born overseas uh, to Devon. Uh, but whether he can obtain South Korean citizenship, the answer is most likely yes, he could obtain South Korean citizenship, though that will be controlled by the citizenship law in South Korea. Um, I think someone's I think an, some enterprising person sent me uh, a link uh, to this, I think, on YouTube. Um, and, you know, it's all you know, every country has its own rules for how citizenship can be transmitted. The United States certainly does as well. The real question that would have to be asked and would need to be researched is, does South Korea recognize dual citizenship? Not all countries do. For example, Japan does not recognize dual citizenship. And if you are uh, a Japanese citizen and an American citizen, per their laws, you have to renounce one of them by the time you turn 20 or the government will renounce it for you. And other countries don't you know, just simply don't don't permit it. The US, the United States government doesn't recognize it, but it also doesn't not recognize it, which means you can have multiple citizenships, but the government just warns you that, for example, if you're a citizen of South Korea and the United States and you travel to South Korea on your South Korean passport and get arrested, there's nothing the U.S. government can do because at that point you're one of them and the U.S. government cannot do anything on your behalf. So there's there there is there there are benefits and risks associated with having multiple citizenships that the government just uh, wants you to be aware of. So it is possible that Taeyong could obtain South Korean citizenship if Jihoon goes and files the paperwork and Devin agrees to uh, allow that process. Because typically you need two parent consent for those types of things, um, and that could potentially help him in the future. You know, it could let him go over to South Korea more easily. It could let him study there, live there, work there if. That's something that that interests him. Um, but I thought that was a, a, a good question uh, to look at. So thank you very much for that. All right. So let's go on to our next question. Hi, agency. This is Lexi. And my question for you is, if a person moves to another country with the intention to give birth in that country, what is the citizenship status of that child? Is it automatically granted or does it have to be applied for for them to come back to the States? Is there a difference for a country with or without a travel ban? Thanks. You guys are awesome. So this is an interesting question, and it kind of gets back to what I was talking about in the first question. You know, we know that if you're born in the United States, because we have Jusoli uh, citizenship, that you are granted it automatically at birth. And that's actually enshrined in the Constitution, for those of you who really want to get into this. I think it's the... Um, I might get this wrong, and I'm sure people are going to jump down our throats if we do. I think it's the 14th Amendment that enshrined Jusoli citizenship uh, into United States law. Um, so, and I think that was done as a way of of uh, furthering enfranchisement after the Civil War, as part of the numerous constitutional amendments that were passed as a result of the Civil War and the ending of the institution of slavery in the United States, um, as a way of preventing states, the former Confederate states from denying uh, citizenship to the uh, to the former enslaved persons by saying that you were if you were born here, you are a citizen kind of puts a puts the kibosh on on any on any shenanigans. Um, 
historians are if I'm sure historians are going to crawl up my butt if I got any of that wrong. And I say, bring it, bring it, you guys. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how citizenship works, because agency did do citizenship overseas. So I do have a lot of firsthand knowledge about this. Um, the Immigration and Nationality Act does uh, provide um, for Americans to transmit citizenship at the time of their birth, at the time of birth to a child who is born overseas. And the laws that govern that have changed over time. Uh, the way it is now has a, it depends on whether you're man or woman, married and unmarried. The rules are actually different for all of those, all those situations. Um, and the way it is now, typically there is, there is a, a physical presence requirement. It requires you to be a U.S. citizen, have been a citizen for a number of years and have, have lived a certain number of years in the United States. And, and I think at, with, with at least half that or maybe two years, it's, it's been a while. I need to, you know, and those regulations are not avail are not easily uh, found online, unlike some of the visa regs. Um, you have to have been in the United States for two years after the age of 14. So it's not like you lived in the U.S. from zero to five and then left and you never came back. You have to have spent some of your um, not not adult, but teenage years, at least in the U.S. Um, and that's and that, and that makes you eligible to to transmit at the time of birth. Um, it it must be applied for. Um, and you do that at an embassy or consulate. You apply for what's called a consular report of birth abroad. And then someone like me will look at the um, you know, look at your dates, evaluate if you meet the requirements for the transmission of citizenship at birth and then make an adjudication uh, based on that. And that happens frequently with um, military births overseas. I, I, I know. Well, I, I know I learned about it somewhat when I was pregnant with baby frauded and I was living in South Korea, you know, as a military spouse, there was certain paperwork that I needed to do if I was going to deliver in South Korea, which I didn't, I ended up coming back to the United States, but um, so he was born here, but if he was born in South Korea, he wasn't a South Korean citizen, you know, but I still had to file paperwork and there was, there was some stuff. It was a long time ago. I don't remember now. But. Yeah. There's a, the, the only reason why I'm a little hesitant to say that it's perfectly that case with military is because if you're over there on military orders, you didn't enter the country, uh, in the normal way you entered under status of forces, um, yeah. and that, yeah. that, that puts you in a very different legal category, um, than someone who like Devin would have gone over, whether as a permanent resident or just on a tourist visa, um, status of forces also known as SOFA are mm -hmm. negotiate are, are government to government negotiated, uh, agreements for how military personnel are permitted in the country. They circumvent the normal immigration process as part of SOFA. There's a lot of, uh, of, um, one of the big things with SOFA is is uh, how incidents involving service personnel are treated by the judicial system. It's actually mm -hmm. a really contentious issue in Japan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we probably have to do an entire frickin' Patreon episode about, about all that. Um, so that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to say that that was the case for you, Katrina, to have to see the, the paperwork. Um, but So it is possible to do. You have to apply for it. But if you're approved, then the child was a citizenship at the time of they were they were born. Now, why does that even matter? Why would you would you care about doing any of that? Um, obviously, it's easier if you want to take the kid when you want to take the kid back home. 
but functionally a nat- a, cit- a person who who gets an immigrant visa and naturalizes versus someone who's a citizen at the time of their birth the only functional difference is that one can become president and one can't you have to be a natural um. a natural born citizen to be uh to be president if you naturalize you are ineligible to be president, which is why Arnold Schwarzenegger has never run for president, even though that guy really, 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 really wants to run for president. He can't because he's a naturalized <laughs> citizen. Um, so that's a very good question. Now, the uh, our, our, our beloved listener did ask about um, travel ban countries uh, in terms of citizenship law. No change if you're if you're if the country is subject to a travel ban and you're an American citizen. Um, that's not going to going to impact things one one way or the other. That's uh for the people who are citizens of those countries. But I thought it might be a fun, fun break to talk a little bit about citizenship and how that all works. And babies. And babies, because people love babies. People so for, love babies. So for example, if, if Ari ends up having her baby in Ethiopia, she'll have to apply for a consular report of birth abroad. Emily had to apply for a consular report of birth abroad for uh, her son, Uh, after she gave birth in Russia. Now, the big thing for them is that Russia will not let you leave the country because it recognizes the baby as its citizen unless um, the baby has a Russian passport. Not all countries will do this, but some countries will require a child born in their country to obtain that country's citizenship document before they can be allowed to leave. And Russia's one of those. And that was a storyline point that Mm -hmm. they had, actually, was Emily said that Sasha didn't get to doing the paperwork or whatever that he was supposed to do. So that delayed their uh, trip back to the United States. That's right. And, and, you know, she got her, her consular report of birth abroad and first time passport very quickly. The U S government processes those very fast. Hey, fraudcasters. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge. I know I've always had problems with it, whether it was the fit or the quality. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims, the maker of my perfect t-shirt bra. Now I have the perfect t-shirt to go with that bra. From either crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. My cotton jersey t-shirt is now a wardrobe staple for me. I reach for it almost every day, and the fit is so perfect because it snatches me right in at the waist. I've washed it a million times, and it's held its shape really well. It fits like a dream. I absolutely love it. And honestly, you guys, I thought, like, okay, this shirt is going to be too small for me, and it's not going to fit right, and all the bulges are going to show but it doesn't at all. I put it on and it magically stretches to fit me perfectly and it holds all those bulges in. Every little but last bulge that I have is all held in and it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it and it's super, super comfortable and it is it is one of my new favorite t-shirts. You can shop the Skims t-shirt collection at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small up to 4X. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu. Um, it's a very, it, you know, if, if you if you listen to me talk, you know, I complain about the the the, 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 the visa system. I don't think is always the most humane to applicants, but the uh, but things like passports abroad, concert ports of birth abroad, American citizen services are actually very well run. I was, uh, it's kind of night, it was kind of night and day for me when I was, when I was working there. Um, they make it very simple and straightforward for, for American citizens. 
um, which I guess makes sense to uh, to a degree. Excellent. Thank you very much. And if somebody has a question for you, how do they uh, submit it to you? Well, they can always slide into my DMs on Instagram. Um, I'm always happy to take questions that way. I also tend to post uh, some sort of feedback type story on Monday, um, sometimes soliciting questions, sometimes not. This week I asked for people to uh, tell me topics they'd like to see me cover in the future. But, you know, typically every second week I'll ask for uh, for questions related to uh, the visa process and the show. If they're not on social media, how would they do that? Well, first off, they should congratulate themselves. Um, <laughs> they can go to www.askthevisaofficer.com and use the contact form to submit a question. And I'll be happy to bring to take that and bring it onto the show. To another edition of Thunderdome. So last week we had Agency versus Hanakawa on the subject of Jihoon versus the Clegs. And we have the results of the listener poll in favor of Agency. Yeah. Who represented Jihoon in that argument. That's right. Jihoon and I, we're, we're, we're arms locked in victory. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, with that many votes, I don't know that we have that many, you know, Patreons that listen to this. Um, so I think people were just, you know, get just just answering and and maybe people just liked you better and it has nothing to do with the argument you actually made because well, i don't my doubt vote, that that's true but we did remember we did put the opening statements onto uh outside the paywall right so true. they did have a little bit to go on yeah yeah true. i mean i think my natural charisma would have won anyway but uh-huh. <laughs> he won the popular vote you won the popular vote the um the moderator vote however goes to hannah kawa Making the case for saving a kid first and foremost put you over the top. Rigged and system. <laughs> Rigged towards saving children, damn it. Fake news. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, that that's that put her over the top. Her, her strong arguments of this is it and that's it. Singular focus. So um, Hannah Kawa is going to be moderating this week's topic. Hannah Kawa. All right. Hand so, it over to you. <laughs> so this week's topic is um, it comes from Darcy and Stacy's new spinoff show. And the topic is, should Stacy have gone behind Darcy's back and met with Tom? So appearing in the Thunderdome for the first time and arguing the position that was that it was appropriate for Stacy to meet with Tom is Katrina <laughs> and arguing that Stacy should not have met with Tom is agency. And so I'm going to uh, put the floor open for opening statements. Agency, you have the floor. All right. Well, I think that it was uh, entirely inappropriate of Stacy to go behind Darcy's back and meet with Tom. Um, whether she was well-intentioned or not, Tom is Darcy's ex. It's Darcy's life. And to do it is just unnecessary meddling in Darcy's affairs and if you know any if, if you watch their relationship at all, it's more about, you know, it's 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 just needless interfering to kind of get under Darcy's skin and and kind of and, and just 
do things that are that are beyond what a what a sister should be doing. Stacy should be respecting Darcy's boundaries, let Darcy dictate the terms by which she handles her relationship with Tom and just and just leave well enough alone. Um, it's fundamentally disrespectful and and um, and not. Re- and it's yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. It, it's, it's disrespectful. It's a violation of her boundaries and it's not something that she should have done. Thank you, Agency. And now I'm going to turn it over to Katrina. See, it was not inappropriate for Stacy to go meet with Tom because she wasn't necessarily even doing it on Darcy's behalf. She was doing it on her own behalf as Stacy meeting with Tom based on her own relationship with Tom and passing along information that he needs to leave Darcy the heck alone. So there was nothing inappropriate about her meeting with Tom to to tell him to 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 back off. I mean, it flat out it was it had nothing. To, in some ways, it actually had nothing to do with Darcy, as she was trying to make Tom clear on the fact that he needs to leave Darcy alone. And other than what we see in next week's show, that Stacy tells Darcy. Darcy doesn't even need to know that she she met with him. It does not actually has nothing to do with Darcy. All right. So if you want to hear the rest of this argument, tune into the Fraudcast Patreon as Katrina and Agency will square off on the subject of Stacy and Tom's meet and greet. Okay. And I am Katrina. I am frauded by TLC on Instagram. I'm also just frauded for my non 90 day stuff, my personal stuff. If you want to find me there, you're welcome to do so. I want to take a minute to thank our uh, new patrons, our new members of the Fraudians, uh, our patrons since last week. We have Stephanie, Marlena, CJ, Tracy, Kat, Nicole, Bree, Junko, Rebecca, Kelly Savoy, Veronica, and Antoinette. So thank you guys for joining the Fraudians. We love having you. I uh, hope you're enjoying what you're hearing over there on the Patreon. We have all kinds of fun stuff, interesting topics that we're, we're discussing over there. We discuss some 90-day stuff. We discuss some reality TV stuff. Sometimes we just go at other topics. Uh, our extended edition Thunderdome is over there. So if you are interested in joining the Fraudians for our uh, current membership tiers, our $3 and $5 at the $5 level, you get stickers, but both the $3 and $5 levels, you get access to one additional uh, episode per week. So that's four per month. Those drop every Friday. And you get access to the extended edition, uh, Thunderdome. And uh, you also get immediate access to all of our past library of content. So if you're interested in joining us over on the Patreon, that's patreon.com slash the broadcast, and that will be linked in the show notes. All right. And you can find me on Instagram at 90 Day Fiance today. And you can also find me now on at 90 Day Fiance 2. That's the number two date on Twitter. And if you'd like to follow my YouTube, um, which we talked about later, I usually do uh, OnlyFans reviews. There'll be much more, but kind of that's what's there now. Um, you can find me at High Functioning Millennial. All right. And if for some reason you still can't get enough, you can come find me. My website, if you have a visa inquiry, is www.askthevisaofficer.com. There are a variety of services there that can help you with your visa-related needs. 
Um, you can find The Agent C Show, which is my YouTube channel on YouTube. The Agent C Show has just recently been monetized. So um, please start watching all my videos on infinite repeat. And if you want to get instructions on how to do that, you can DM me and I will tell you how. Um, thank you in advance. And if you do want to slide into my DMs, you can find me at The Real Agency on Instagram. I'm generally pretty good about responding to questions that people ask. So, yeah. One thing I forgot to mention is if you join the Patreon, you also get access to the Patreon-only Facebook group, but also the Discord chat uh, where Agency and Hetero Life Mate uh, will play around sometimes. So... Um, consider that if you want to come join us over there. That has been our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode drop. And while you are there, if you would please leave a review and rating, we would really appreciate it. We are the Fraudcast and we're dumpster diving so you don't have to. Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.